Welcome to Journey Elgin of Elgin, Texas, where we are living life in Christ, impacting His kingdom. Our service times are Sunday at 9 a.m. and 10.45 a.m. Today's message is, What is the Truth? Here's Pastor Philip Thomas. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, perfect. Bro, I just got a Venmo request from Judas. Dude, Jesus just got a blue check mark. How did he get verified? He only has 12 followers. I have way more than that. <laughs> Dude, David is liking and commenting on every one of Bathsheba's spring break pics. What's he doing? I thought uh, he was supposed to be at war. I don't know, dude. Also, what? Yeah, well, okay. <laughs> we can't do that. <laughs> dude, I'm on Facebook Marketplace right now. Look at this. Joseph's brothers are selling him. Can you do that? What? Oh, Joe, he's just going on and on. He said he lost everything. Probably going to get a Kickstarter up oh. soon. Bro, I was talking to Mary and Joseph last week. They were trying to price line a hotel in Bethlehem. Couldn't find anything. They ended up having to like Airbnb some like rustic barn, dude. Brutal. If Noah Instagrams one more time about his DIY project, I'm done. It's too much. Like He's like, I'm getting these instructions from heaven. Oh, yeah. Doubt it. Dude. I ain't getting on that boat. Oh, look, another bachelorette in Sodom and Gomorrah. <sighs> Seen it. Sin City, we get it. Don't look behind you. You know what I'm saying? Because the... What? Okay, forget it. Dude, are you friends with the part of the son on Snapchat? Have you seen his stories? He just, like, left his dad's house. He's in, like, another city just losing it. Insane. Like, not safe for work. Uh-uh. <laughs> okay, dude, have you heard from Paul in a while? Maybe he's in prison again? Again? <laughs> dude, you want a bite of this? Do I look like Adam to you? Okay. Bro, do you follow the rich young ruler? Is that that SoundCloud rapper? No, it's a guy. He's always posting about his house and his cars and stuff. He met Jesus last week. Literally haven't heard from him. It's weird. Dude, Jesus came to town on a donkey. I Did saw that. Could he not get an Uber? I mean, maybe he was surging. <laughs> Dude, are you in this group chat with Shadar, Kamishak, and Abednego? Uh-huh. I used this fire emoji. They got all offended. Oh, uh, Okay, Jonah tweeted he was going deep sea fishing three days ago. Have you heard from him? Maybe he doesn't have service. <laughs> do you follow Saul? Yeah, what? He changed his username to Paul. What? Bro, do you have locations on for the children of Israel? They're just like wandering around. Literally makes no sense. Have you seen the weather for today? No, what? 50% chance of quail. Weird. Wow. Uh, Abram and Isaac posted a selfie that headed the mountains for a little father-son trip. Amazing. What could go wrong? Wait, what's that rope for? Oh my goodness, Lot's daughter's pregnant. She's gonna have a baby. I wonder who the dad is. Too far. (laughs) Bro, you're following the woman at the well? That's not like that. Check your heart, dude. We live, I think, you you could probably sum up 2018. um, And it, it, it started going back even before that. But there was a phrase that none of us had ever really used before that all of a sudden has come into the mainstream consciousness. And that phrase is fake news, right? You hear that every day, right? I mean, don't you? You hear fake news every day. And, and it, it's interesting because it, it started off that whenever you said fake news, it meant that that news was false, right? That, that someone was reporting something that was completely uh, untrue. And there's still some times that that is the case. But now I think we like to use fake news for anything that we don't agree with, right? If, if something comes across and, uh, and we read X and we believe Y, we go, oh, that's fake news, right? It, it's really interesting how it has morphed. And, and because what, what happens most of the time is that there's some truth in there, then there's some opinion in there, but then it's being sold as factual, and, and 
All of, all of us come at this from different uh, perspectives, and all of us are guilty of it. It doesn't matter if you're on the right side of the aisle or the left side of the aisle, whatever. We, we tend to do the same thing, right? And, and, and there are plenty of examples of how news that is not true has been reported. And, you know, I try not to get, I know I talk about political stuff. I don't like getting overly political, but it's been interesting. This last week, if you paid attention, all of a sudden there was a report out that, uh, that Trump had ordered his uh, attorney to mess talk with the Russians. And, and even conservative people are like, whoa, if this is true, this is pretty, pretty big. The next day, the Mueller investigation, who's doing this, said, we have no idea where they're getting this stuff. I don't know who is telling the truth, but the reality is, is there's some fake news there somewhere, right? But it's amazing how much that just grasped the country's consciousness. Everybody, just, and, and so if you're um, a, a more of a Trump supporter or a conservative, you were immediately like, oh, this, that's probably not true. We can't trust this source. If you were uh, on the other side, you go, no, look at where this source has gotten everything right. Of course this is true. And it, it is a mess, right? And, and that got me to thinking about just the idea of truth um, you know, and, and how important it is, but yet how difficult it is. Um, and it, and it, it is, <laughs> truth is something that sometimes is kind of hard to hold on to. Because what, what do we really mean by that? And I, I want us to kind of do a, a quick um, philosophy lesson, which, you know, that sounds really exciting. Didn't, you know, woo. And, uh, and this, is, this is really simplifying things, and it's probably not c- completely accurate, but, but I, I think it is. In the way that we have identified truth as, as a people, as, as humanity, we start off in different ages. So about 500 years ago and earlier, we were kind of what would be considered the pre-modern age, okay? So, so the way that people looked at truth there is things that they could experience. So if they experienced it, they would say, that is true, right? And in addition to that, you would give people would have positions of power and what they said was true, right? That, and that, that was for the vast majority of history. That's how things kind of worked. And, and it's very easy to see, see this. You see this in, in, uh, in religions and things like that. People would give uh, the, the leader of the religion what he said or she said, that's true, right? That's how the church began to grow, right? That, that was kind of you know, how the, the setup of the early church was, is you had the apostles, and if they said it, man, that was true, right? And, and people generally, that, they function that way. So if it was someone that they respected, and that person said it, then, okay, that's true. That's why it was so easy for so long to say, well, the Bible says it, it's true, right? Because people said, okay, yeah, that's God's word. Um, so if it says it, it is true. Which, by, by the way, I, I tend to believe that. But the vast majority of uh, people across the world, they, would, they wouldn't question that a whole lot, Right? Because that, okay, that's told from someone we trust, so it must be true. Then we entered into what was called the modernism, 
if you will. And, uh, and all of a sudden, people started looking at truth a little bit more skeptically. Said, wait, there's people that are claiming two different things. Right? So one of them has to be untrue. And so you, you kind of start ushering in the scientific age, where, which, which, by the way, the scientific age, science, uh, we've pitted that against Christianity now, right? Faith and science have to be. The reason that people, the earliest scientists started delving in to try to understand is because they were people of faith. And they were like, if God created this world, then it's our responsibility to to learn about it, to understand it. They were actually coming at it because they were people of faith. So that's another rabbit trail I will not get on. But, But anyway, all of a sudden, we started evaluating things that way, right? And that's, that wasn't a, a bad thing. But all of a sudden, truth wasn't just, you didn't accept something as true just because someone told you. You actually investigated. You, science came along. Okay, now we can prove this. So truth started to become things that you can prove through a scientific method, right? And, uh, and that, all of a sudden, you see where that kind of starts messing and, and making a challenge with Christianity, which we shouldn't be too surprised about it, and we shouldn't freak out about it, because we actually say that we come to God by faith. What is faith? Faith is taking a leap and believing something that you can't completely prove. Right? But society as a whole is starting to see things differently, saying, no, you need to prove it. You can't just tell me. You, just, you can't just tell me that because it's written in here it's true. You need to be able to prove it. So that started to be a little bit more challenging for Christians, but I'm comfortable with that kind of uh, way of finding truth, right? Because it's okay. Yeah, give me that challenge. I will uh, present the evidence. Here's the things that point to God. Here's the things that don't. And and on whatever uh, issue, I think that's a good way to go about it. We are now in what many consider post-modernity, and one of the things that has changed in post-modernity is the way that we tend to look at truth, all right? And this is very interesting because all of a sudden, truth uh, in modernity was, okay, you can prove it, all right? Now, truth has become more relative, right? And, and, uh, and not everyone functions this way. I'm not saying that, but, but this is, has becoming a more general principle that is affecting the way that we think about things, and so in post-modernity, truth is relative, and it's based many times on what an individual or a group says it is, right? Now, and this is where you get things that, you know, people move away from any kind of absolute truth, you know, and, and this becomes very offensive to Christians, right? And Christians have responded in probably some unhealthy ways. Say, what are you talking about? There's no absolute truth. Haven't you read in the Bible? There's, and then people will say, well, prove to me how that Bible is reliable. Do you have the original manuscript of the Bible? And you have to go, well, no. Do you know the Right? Do you see how, how this goes? So it makes it challenging for Christians. And, and so we get upset and say, oh, no, there is absolute truth. We know it to be true. Why don't you just accept it? Well, because that's not how we think anymore. And that's not all a bad thing, by the way. But, uh, but this has led to, to kind of a, a place 
where you actually have uh, a question that can be posed, where, uh, and you, you've probably heard this, is, well, what is your truth? And, and that's a, if you really think about that statement, it's like, well, that makes truth completely subjective, right? That's, that's a kind of a scary place to be, okay? And now, I think we also need to understand why that is there. Because we, as Christians, we need to understand that most of life is lived in gray. It is not black and white, right? We, we would like things to be really simple. And sometimes that's how we portray them. That is not the way it is. Life, it, it is not easy out there. And so just by saying, no, God is real and he loves you, that's the truth, you should believe it. Man, that, that truth gets challenged all the time in the reality of life. All right? We need to understand that. That's okay. I understand how we've gotten as a society to this place where you, you ask, well, what is my truth? We need to acknowledge that where you are born the family that you grow up in, the culture that you're a part of, that influences heavily the way that you see life, right? And, and I, I think we need to understand that. Sometimes we've been too harsh, I think, as Christians and, and say, you know, and, and dismissing uh, that. I, I, I was so blessed to grow up in a family that from day one was pointing me to God. There are many people, in fact, most people, that is not the way that they grew up. So maybe we need to cut some people some slack when they're struggling to find what is truth, right? Now, that doesn't mean that we just disregard and say there's no such thing as truth. But we need to understand why this is difficult. And even the Bible acknowledges this, right? There's the passage that talks about that, uh, that now you only know in part, and then you will know fully. Right? We need to understand, we do not understand the full mind of God. And anyone that says differently is, a, is basically the most arrogant and prideful person ever around. And unfortunately, that's sometimes how we come across. And it's because we're defending, right? I understand it. It's because you know, everybody's saying, no, everything's relative. Everything. And it's like, no, we know some things that are true and we need to hold on to. But we need to be careful in how we come across because we don't know. I don't know the mind of God. You know, when it comes to things like salvation, I can, I believe 100% that salvation comes through Jesus Christ. But you know what? I don't know the full mind of God. I don't know how exactly that's all going to work out in the end. I'm okay saying that. And I'm also okay saying I believe that it 100% comes from, uh, through Christ. Right? But we need to understand how that's hard for people. That's, that is a, a difficult jump. And, uh, and we, we have to understand that we are talking about faith. And so whenever you combine faith and truth, there's, there's some tension there. Now, I want to, to talk just a little bit about and make the case if if, uh, if you need the case to be made, of why not having a belief that there is truth, that there is something that is unquestionably truth, why it's so dangerous and damaging. 
Because now I, I think, and you can look at it in all kinds of measurable things, but we live in a, in a time uh, where we have more comforts, uh, more things are provided for us. Life <laughs> is better for humanity now than it ever has been. But yet we have high levels of anxiety, high levels of depression. And I think part of the reason is because we're moving away from truth. And no one has anything to really hold on to. Right? Whatever you try to hold on to gets attacked by half the other population. Right? Because, and then everybody says, well, there really is no truth. You know, you just, just do what, what feels natural to you. Man, that becomes a very unstable place to be. There's a passage in 2 Timothy uh, chapter 3, verse 1 through 9. And uh, sometimes we, we relegate passages like this to, okay, this is talking about when everything is coming to a head in, in the end times. And it, it does mention that. We need to re- realize in the New Testament, the last days or the end times those were the times after Jesus uh, rose again, right? So, so in a sense, we've been in the end times, right? Now, it's, it's more of an, of an age. You know, that's a, a debatable thing. We're not going to get into that. But whenever this is written, I think this applies to today, whether Jesus is about to come back or not, right? So this is Second Timothy chapter 3, starting in verse 1. It says, but mark this, there will be terrible times in the last days. People will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boastful, proud, abusive, (laughs) disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, without love, unforgiving, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not lovers of good, treacherous, rash, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. Man, I'm glad we don't live during this time, right? Having a form of godliness, but denying its power, having nothing to do with, have nothing to do with such people. They are the kind who worm their way into homes and gain control over gullible women who are loaded down with sin and are swayed by all kinds of evil desires, always learning, but never able to come to a knowledge of the truth. Just as Janus and Jambres opposed Moses, so also these teachers oppose the truth. They are men of depraved minds who, as far as faith is concerned, are rejected. But they will not get very far because, as in the case of those men, their folly will be clear to everyone. Now, it's really interesting to me. All of these things are listed that I think immediately as I'm reading that list, I can come up with examples, right? I can come up with examples in secular society, and I can come up with examples within the church. Just constantly. And it's like, okay, yeah, we're, we're in the end times. Right? I mean, th- this is happening. And by the way, this was happening when Paul wrote it. That's why he wrote it. Right? And, uh, and he, then he talks about these, uh, these uh, you know, that kind of thinking is, is why this is happening. And he says, because they do not understand, they do not accept the truth. And he uses, there's the two guys' names there, Janus and uh, Jambres. Those were the um, Pharaoh's magicians whenever Moses went. Um, and, uh, you know, he 
God made his uh, staff a snake and things like that. And then Pharaoh's magicians came out and said, oh, we can do that too. And they were able to do some of it, but then they quickly realized, okay, we, we can't do this. And, uh, and, and that's the, the example uh, and correlation that, that uh, Paul is making here. But basically what he is saying is he's saying, look at what happens when you don't accept truth. Right? You become depraved. Right? You're, you're focusing on the wrong thing because you're just grasping at anything to try to have something to hold on to. And you know what? That's the society we live in today. I, that describes our society. And we all are guilty of certain areas within that. Right? And one of the reasons that that is what happens in society is because we are not holding on and seeking the truth. And in fact, the way that we think as humanity now is trying to push out the idea of there even being truth. So is there truth? And the answer, of course, is yes. In John chapter 8, verses 31 and 32, says to the Jews who had believed him, Jesus said, if you hold to my teaching." You are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. That, to me, is a very interesting way that the Bible talks about truth. (laughs) It doesn't say, if you read this book, and you follow and you believe all of the things in it, then you will find the truth. That's not what it says. It says, if you believe and you live this out, then you will find the truth. See, truth in God is not going to ever be found by us being able to give rational arguments to people or us telling people, no, this is true because the Bible says so, or this is true, whatever. Truth is only found whenever you start living out the gospel message in your life. That's how you're going to be assured of the truth. It is found in the way that you live. And that is so important because that means that the way that we convey truth to people is by the way we live. By the way we live our lives. And you know what? My job, our job as Christians is not to convince people of the truth. It's to introduce them to Jesus so that whenever they start taking those steps and start living their life for Jesus, then all of a sudden they realize, oh, you know what? There are things that are true. Things that the world were telling me that were not true, they are. You know what? I, I can sit here and try to convince you of the truth of God's presence with you all the time. And I will never uh, be able to do that until you start living your life in Christ and living that out. And then you go through a really rough time and all of a sudden you realize God is with me. I mean, we, our family, whenever we've lost loved ones, right? And we've lost loved ones too young. And, and I've believed in my head before that, that God is with you during the difficult times. But you know, it's not until you actually are going through it that you realize 
man, God is with you. And I can't sit here and tell you right now exactly how he did that. I can't, you know, I, I can't write down, well, here's how he did it, here's how he did it, here's that. But I have no doubt in my mind that he was there giving us strength and encouragement and helping us through those times. How do I know that that's true? Because I lived it. Right? We need to get away from trying to convince people that there is absolute truth or what, all of this. That is a losing argument. And our job is not to convince people to think like we do. Our job is to introduce people to Christ so that they can start living a life that they were created to live by their creator, who they may not even believe is true or not, but the once they start doing it, then the truth will be revealed to them. That is the way that we seek truth in this age. And I want us that, that verse 32 is such so powerful because it says, then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. You know, our mentality of that there is no real truth and that find your own truth, all that does is it keeps us in bondage and it keeps us miserable and it keeps us from living the life that God created us to live. The truth of who Jesus Christ is, of who of God as creator. That is found when we start living our life in him, and that is when we find freedom. And isn't it interesting, one of the arguments for, for why uh, we're, we're getting away from truth as a society is because we want everyone to be free, right? And what it is doing is it's actually putting people in bondage, because they are not able to find the one thing that I can unequivocally say is truth. And that is God's presence in this world and his love for each one of us. Right? Do not seek truth from any political party. Do not seek truth from any economic system. Right? Those things are all debatable. Right? And it doesn't mean that we, we, we just check out of that and we should be searching for facts, and all of that stuff is important. But understand that the only true thing that there is is who God is and what he desires for you. That's the message that we need to be living out and we need to be sharing. We're going to end with just a couple of songs. And I, just, I want this just to be a time where you just worship and worship the one true God, the God who gives you an anchor in your life. The God who you can wrap your faith around and know that he will live up to what he has said because he is true. His teachings are true. We need something to hold on to or we are just going to devolve into what Paul was talking about in 2 Timothy. And that is miserable. Accept the freedom that we have in the truth of Christ. Let's pray together. Dear God, we thank you so much for the opportunity we have to experience you, to experience freedom in you. And Lord, I pray that you will show us the truth that is found in living our lives for you each and every day. Lord, we love you. We thank you for your presence here in this place. And we thank you for being the one true God and setting us free. In Jesus' name we ask him. Amen.
Thank you for listening to Journey Elgin. Come check us out. We're located at 1221 North Avenue C, Elgin, Texas 78621. You can contact us at www.journeyelgin.org or call us at 512-661-8411. That's 512-661-8411. We hope to see you soon and may God bless you.